This is KGSU Stanford 90.1 FM, and I'm truly delighted and honored to be sitting today in Brooklyn, New York, with the one and only Rami Kasua. Rami, marhaba. Marhaba. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. It is. You're not just, uh, you know, our guest today, but you're actually uh, hosting us in your own home here in uh, Brooklyn. Is it Brooklyn Heights? It's uh, Clinton Hill, Fort Greene, Brooklyn. Yes. Yeah. It's a really nice neighborhood filled with cafes, shops, parks, really charming. Yes, and you, you, you feel like you belong here. I'm looking around at your gorgeous apartment. There are some very sort of Middle Eastern Arab things going on, and then you've got the fashion world, all of it coming together. How much does this apartment represent you, Rami? Uh, some things, you know, I actually like to collect uh, arts and tatris and crafts when I go back home to visit my family, which is usually once a year. Uh, pretty much, it, it it has a little bit of you know of, of what inspires me, a little bit of art, a little bit of embroidery, a little bit of uh, wall hangings. So, I would say you know it's a way I, I like to express myself. In, in in this is the living room space, of course. So, yeah. so you're you're referred to home. Yes, <laughs> this means where you were born and raised. Yes. I guess. So, can you tell us a little bit about your background, Rami? Where, where were sure. you born and raised? I was born in uh, 1996 in Jerusalem, and I was raised in the city of Ramallah for um, 17 years. I went to Collège des Frères, which is an all-boys French school in Jerusalem, the old city. And uh, then later I transferred to the French Quaker school in Ramallah the last two years of high school. Home is, is, has changed a lot, of course, since I lived there and what it is now are, are two different worlds, of course. It's, it's, uh, Ramallah, as we know now, is, is, um, it's a summer uh, destination attraction mm-hmm. where uh, it has uh, an interesting nightlife in spite of the politi- political conditions. But uh, it definitely transforms from day to night. It has two different worlds during the day and it has another world at night. But I also find a lot of inspiration there and I'm very happy to see that the the embroidery there, which is a very Palestinian, uh, beautiful art and, and uh, way of documenting history, is a thriving business nowadays. So I'm, I go to actually look at the evolution of that business and, of course, at uh, other elements that I find inspiring and in my family and delicious food. And mm-hmm. there you have it. So we should mention to our American listeners that um, you are Ramallah, you are a Palestinian yes. uh, who, who was born there and, uh, and, and lived there. Yes. Uh, and, and then the Arabic name is Qasua. Yes. MashaAllah. It's a beautiful name with a cough and the ayin. Good luck saying that in, in English. It translates to Kashu in America somehow. And but, it's yeah. beautiful because you ended up spelling it K-A-S-H. OU, yes. and that's a great name, and it became, of course, a brand. Uh, when did you leave Ramallah, uh, Rami? I left uh, shortly after graduating high school in 1995, and I uh, went to study fashion design in Cyprus, and then after that, I uh, moved to the United States. And I continued courses there in California. I did not finish my courses there. So pretty much most of my design experience and knowledge was through hands-on work with the sample makers, the seamstresses. And I kind of carved my own road as I went. But I officially started uh, my brand Rami Cashew in 2001. Wow. Yeah. And so you, you, not, you didn't quite like go through formal training in terms of, you know, an academic thing because you had the talent all along. 
and it was something that sort of was within you and, 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 and inbred. Yes, I mean, I always, I've been sketching since as far as I can remember. I think I was seven or eight years old and I used to sketch on high school notebooks and junior high notebooks and uh, it became a collection of, of designs that I used to show to, you know, my family and the ladies in the neighborhood used to come in because they, they it was a, a tradition where women would buy different materials during their travels and then bring them back and go to the tailor, the seamstress and make something custom. So that was a very common thing at the time because of course there were not as many shops as there are today and the import-export was very limited. So I used to design some of the formal dresses for the ladies uh, since I was in school from wow. what I remember. Yeah. Wow. And so did you get, you know, support from your family? Now we have to mention his mom is a beauty queen, isn't she? She won Miss Jordan. She was, yes. She was Miss yes. Jordan. She was. Hey, oh, we should say. Uh, <laughs> a beautiful son as well. well. Did you receive support from your family when you said, you know, you were interested in fashion and design or did you have to uh, sort of deal with the uh, hurdles that a lot of us from the Middle East who choose to go into artistic fields have to face? Of course. I mean, typically growing up in uh, within uh, an Arabic culture especially Palestinian culture normally parents you know want you to be the typical you know a doctor a lawyer uh, a businessman of some sort but I think that uh, I kind of kept it to myself for quite some time at first I uh, was not sure what the reaction would be and I think uh, a few years into me designing my brother once found me designing and sketching on a notebook and he uh, playfully grabbed my notebook and went and showed it to my parents and up to that point it was a secret so I didn't really know what the reaction was going to be um, uh, to my surprise, they saw that there is a talent there and they actually were very supportive. I thought that they might be ashamed of, you know, their son drawing dresses because it's not... Uh it's not uh, typically an accepted type of uh, profession back in the day. We're mm -hmm. talking back in you know nine, early 90s. Right. Uh, but they were very actually supportive. And since then, I think that was a, uh, a big part that uh, helped me forge ahead with actually making it into a reality was their support because it started there. And it was their support that enabled you to go to Cyprus yes. and then from there to the United States. Of course. And you know, typically with Palestinians and with Arabs in general, I think, with most parents but especially I think in, in in my culture you know parents who are capable and able to send their kids to school it's you know it's, it's usually funded by the parents by the father it's not based off of student loans and things in that nature as it might be more common in America so it was very important for my father to be uh, agreeable with what I was doing otherwise I don't think I would have been able to receive my training or let alone move to the states yeah so financially, my father helped me move and uh, transition to another world and start uh, this dream. And what a loss that would have been for the fashion world, because here <laughs> you are now. And I have to ask you, when you speak to your family back in Ramallah or, or anywhere, how do they feel now that you're not just a brand, you're a businessman, you're in a, almost an empire here? The, uh, what's the reaction now? They're very proud. My parents are very proud about... Uh, about all the accomplishments that I have made and at in some points they were actually involved in some of the interviews that I uh, did uh, not very long ago there was a production company that actually uh, was in Palestine as well and they went and visited them and they did uh, an interview with them as well so that was very uh, it was a very well-rounded interview they started here in the States and they finished there with them wow. uh, but they're very ha they're very happy they're proud and you know I think um, they've been they've been wonderful and supportive all along is it difficult for you to balance 
kind of you know Western modes of um, you know fashion and uh, and kind of bring in maybe an Arabic um, uh, feel to it. Arabic embroidery and Palestinian embroidery have been a very kind of sacred, very rich art and craft that I think has often been overlooked through the Western cultures. Maybe slightly because it's, it's, it has not crossed over. So I think that it's, it's, it's always been something that has kind of played as a muse to me. The, the embroidery and the storytelling and, and the identifying of different villages and towns that are very Palestinian through uh, arts and crafts and through embroidery. Uh, I, I find much beauty that a dress can resemble through uh, the stitch of a leaf or a tree, a certain region mm-hmm. of the West Bank or of uh, the Palestinian territories, for example. So I've waited quite some time to have the proper uh, platform to do something that um, is additional to what I normally do, which is evening wear and cocktail dresses. And I was offered an opportunity uh, the end of last year, which was uh, thrilling and an honor, which was uh, becoming part of uh, an exhibit that happens at the United Nations in New York, which is uh, called Threads of Continuity. And typically, what they do is once a year they create a, a beautiful bazaar of uh, of Palestinian uh, embroidery that are historic and, and sort of older. They go back to the 1900s and and so on. This time, after uh, one of the employees, who's a friend of mine, saw some of my reinterpretation of Palestinian embroidery. She suggested them uh, inviting and bringing in new designers and, and having them um, kind of add a reinter- their own re- interpretation of uh, the embroidery. So I designed an evening dress and a cocktail look uh, along with, uh, there were four other designers that designed as well. And we were part of this exhibit that went on for a month. So that was quite an honor and it was wonderful. And that was last year? That was the September of 2016. 2016. Yes. Is it something that would recur, Rami, or is it sort of a one-time event? It will reoccur next year. Year. They do this once a month and they have a conference and they bring politicians and they speak and then the exhibit was open to the public for an entire month. Nice. And uh, I've been working with clients as well and I think that's how this uh, project sort of uh, took off is, is I would uh, design embroidered custom one-of-a-kind pieces for uh, different clients. And, you know, it's, it's obviously it's a very labor-intensive uh, type of work that it's not easily mass-produced so it's more specialty type of um, uh, design work. Now I've got to turn to the question of all questions of when course. I said I'm interviewing Rami Rashwal. They said, ask him about Project Runway. And this is, we're talking about the American Project Runway yes. because, as you know, uh, the Arab TV and NBC have had a Project Runway yes. where they've had a f- fantastic designers coming in from the Arab world. But you actually made it into the American mainstream uh, <laughs> Project Runway. Can you tell us a little bit about you know when that was and uh, maybe something about the experience of getting so much exposure on regular American TV. Of course. Uh, I was living in Los Angeles at the time, and uh, I had auditioned uh, for season three. This was in the beginning of this uh, program. And I was slightly hesitant, to be honest, and I was... um, uh, I, I was moving, being moved on to the second phase of the consideration uh, process, and I decided to pass, not to do it. Uh, then season four came along, and they reached out to me, the producers, and, and including Tim Gunn, and they talked to me on the phone, at, basically said that they've done some changes and that they would like me to uh, really seriously consider this. This was in, in late of 2007, and uh, I decided to 
go on with it and I decided to join the program and do it. So I joined the program of course not knowing what the outcome was going to be. It's a big gamble that you take because you don't have control over the editing and over your image and over whatever comes out or the conditions they place you under and ask you to design and create. So you know normally the conditions as I'm sure in the Arabic version it's probably a similar version. They're not realistic uh, conditions <laughs> as in the real world right. so they're intensified times 10 you know so it's it's quite challenging but uh, I was very fortunate and lucky to be able to go into the final three and then uh, show in New York Fashion Week and then I was the runner-up to the winner I was very close it would have been nice to have won but in all honesty I feel very honored it's a chance in a lifetime of like course, I said. of course and, and to be in the top now this was season four then that yes you, that was season that four that you were in the final three and of course that gave you sort of national exposure and I did not know it was going to be on that scale to be honest I yeah. had no idea how um, influential that show was until after it had aired wow yeah. yes because yeah. I started to see the changes and I started to see that I was getting um, emails from different countries depending on when the show was airing, uh, especially the Arab world. I didn't even honestly know that it did reach there at the time. Yeah. And to my surprise, it, there was an outpouring um, level of support, not only for necessarily people liking just my work, but also for being Palestinian, which is honestly something that I did not intentionally emphasize on. Because to me, this is a dream. I'm a designer. I'm going to do what I was doing. Yeah. But then that was an added surprise that I, I, I did, you know, indirectly somehow that also gave a lot of people hope that they could too uh, become uh, and, and create their dreams and, and not to give up on dreams and to have hope. So I thought that that was really a wonderful thing that also inspired me as well in return. From Project Runway, we, we need to go to your own firm and brand. Yes. Now, um, it's, it's uh, you know, what's your website, Rami? Uh, for, to, just it's, to... it's my first and last name, RamiKashu.com. Dot com. Yes. And when was the, uh, you know, the brand sort of officially launched? It's 2001. And I began the the manufacturing and I began setting up my own uh, atelier and production and I became uh, I, I entered the wholesale world of clothing around 2003 2000 uh, beginning of 2004 and uh, at that point uh, in Los Angeles you know it was predominantly a sportswear town denim t-shirts so it was uh, not easy assembling a team for production for evening wear so I actually had to uh, set up my own um, uh, sewing space my own production we did the samples there we shipped to stores and I shipped to uh, up to 50 uh, boutiques throughout the United States and Canada wow. and then I got picked up by Harrods in London which was wonderful and that was this was all before I uh, joined Project Runway this is before the wow. show wow. And since then, since Project One Way, things took on a different shape. I did uh, the Home Shopping Network, which is a, a TV program where you sell live on air, which was definitely a learning experience in a world on its own. And um, I... I, I did different things from designing uh, greeting cards and for fashion greeting cards for a, a chain, uh, an American chain called Papyrus. So this, this is how they were sold. So the idea was that the card was the box and the gift. So for, you know, sometimes instead of having to buy a gift and a card, you get wow. a gift and a card in one. And they were collectible items and they were sketches that I had uh, made uh, by hand. And basically, they sold throughout stores in uh, the U.S. and Canada. Wow. And each one had its own theme. 
you designed the whole thing. Yes, the whole thing. Oh, and so then well. they produced it. They had it replicated and produced. Wow. This um, is amazing. This is a collector's item. Yeah, they were they were basically a limited edition and that was a pretty uh, fun experience. And that was uh, pretty successful. I worked with them also for a year. I was commissioned to design uh, dresses out of paper. They, oh, wow. they saw what I had d done in one of the challenges. Oh, yeah, I think we've seen The Hershey's that. challenge. Yes, yes the candy challenge. That was over the internet and your website featured some of these designs, didn't it? Yes, yes. Well, did. Yeah, out of paper. Yes, exactly. How, how was that? Um, <laughs> I never had sewn something out of paper before, to be honest with you. I mean, when I was a kid, I was making paper clothing for like paper dolls. I was making those, but to actually sew paper and make a garment that goes on a model on a runway was definitely something that I feel like the show pushes you and challenges you to kind of think outside of your own imagination. And I think that was one of those things where I wouldn't have known that I had that capability had I not been under that kind of pressure, right. you know? Right. So, and then later on it had offered me a wonderful uh, work opportunity in collaboration with this company where I designed uh, different evening gowns out of paper Paper for them where they used in displays throughout different stores in the US and we used to do uh, cocktail receptions and they would bring a model and do a fashion show and I would sign cards and then later on it led to uh, designing uh, greeting cards uh, for them Rami Cashew for papyrus can we talk about a skirt I'm looking at in your apartment? Of course, yes. Because <laughs> I'm sitting here looking at this gorgeous skirt. It's made what of money or paper money or can yes. you tell me about this gorgeous skirt? <laughs> <laughs> this is a skirt that's made out of uh, U.S. Uh, hundred dollar bills, and uh, typically I would not design uh, collections out of uh, paper money. But this was uh, a request from Heidi Klum. After the show, she her uh, assistant reached out and said that she's being featured as um, a business business entrepreneur and a successful businesswoman and she was being photographed for the cover of Forbes magazine which is a very uh, um, it's a very recognizable magazine uh, reputable magazine in the US uh, for successful business uh, people and um, they asked for me to design a garment out of paper for her so I had designed uh, this vest and this is part of it a skirt that's uh, pleated uh, in different uh, layers and tiers that's made out of uh, it's made out of uh, business papers this is a, a pleated skirt that Heidi Klum uh, wore in Forbes magazine and um, on, upon delivering the skirt to her I, I, ha I went to uh, bring it to her to try it on. We didn't really have an official fitting, they just sent me her measurements and I sewed it on top of fabric. Wow. So it's actually wearable and it has a functional zipper and Wow. Purely wearable. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> and uh, I ended up being in the photo shoot with her. They had asked me to join her on the shoot. Oh, so, wow. Um, doing the show had offered me opportunities like this, which I don't think otherwise would have happened. Among the many celebrities yes, yes. And, and people you have addressed <laughs> is Queen Rania of Jordan, yes. who is a beautiful woman. She's, she a, she's an excellent queen as well, but she's known for her fashion sense. And I remember seeing in Vogue magazine, you know, she was wearing this dress and everybody was saying it's a Rami Kashua and you know, how did that come about? It was in Harper's Bazaar. Uh, but, oh, right, uh, right, just, sorry. Just, just yes, as good. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes of good. course. Vogue is wonderful. <laughs> but uh, she, I received an email 
from um, her assistant requesting to uh, see my work that is for the Queen of Jordan and to be honest at first I didn't I thought maybe somebody was joking with me <laughs> I wasn't sure who that person was emailing me so I went along with it and I submitted my portfolio and my work and the next thing I knew was that I was going to be flown to New York I was living in Los Angeles at the time so up until I literally was sitting on the Royal Jordanian coming here I, I finally it sunk in I believed it and um, she uh, she was wonderful she was humble elegant well-spoken woman uh, of course she's amused she's fashionable she has great taste she um, came out to the lobby to greet me which I thought was such a nice gesture wow. and um, we had a wonderful conversation and then the king came out and I shook hands with him and I met with him as well uh, <laughs> then eventually uh, me and the Queen of Jordan and the assistant went through my uh, collection of samples and she was setting aside what she liked then they sent me her measurements and she picked the different styles that she was uh, interested in wearing and I flew back to LA and got to work and uh, the next trip to New York was actually delivering the hand delivering the samples for her and doing wow. the fitting and she actually ended up wearing one of the dresses that day as as she was in New York and it was during uh, this annual conference where all of the presidents from all over the world come to meet together in New York wow. which is a big event so yeah, I yeah. thought that was yeah, such yeah. an honor and of course it got great um, uh, press and attention and later it was it went into print in Harper's Bazaar and they had uh, uh, listed my name as a, and introduced me as a Palestinian designer, which I think is generally not very easy to to to, to exactly. be in those, uh, especially those high fashion magazines. That was such an honor. Yeah, we should mention that Queen Rania herself is of Palestinian yes. origin too, so it was very nice of her to acknowledge and to encourage a talented uh, it fellow really Palestinian. It really was. It was very. Uh, it was a dream come true, and it was an honor and. Um, it's, you know, one of those things that are beyond one's imagination, I think. Rami, is this how it happens for you often, that you get contacted by a celebrity or a prominent figure and, and you're asked to kind of design uh, dresses for them? How does it work for someone like me who's not in the design world? Well, typically, there's I have a publicist that usually... Um, kind of acts as the mediator between my latest work and between uh, their clients which are celebrities. Often, sometimes the stylist will reach out. Who A stylist is somebody who works for the celebrity either exclusively or is being hired for a specific job and if the celebrity has let's say uh, the Grammys or the Golden Globes or any red carpet event which in Los Angeles there's a dozen a day um, so it's part of the business uh, they basically reach out and they send you an email with specific specifications of what they're looking for and we send them what we think would be um, parallel to what uh, the look that she's going for and uh, we send the samples we at that point don't know if something's going to be worn or not mm. but you know we send as many looks as we think would be best for that specific uh, star and we honestly don't even know up until the day of the event usually they give us the date and the event of the carpet and we see it online what she ended up wearing wow. sometimes the stylist will let us know that she's actually going to be wearing your dress and then we see it in pictures and then it goes into press wow. and that's how it is oh that's amazing yeah. I, never, I never thought of that yeah. um, and I'll be, uh, who are some of the celebrities that you or perhaps known people that you have dressed through the years I've dressed uh, Heidi Klum uh, Kim Kardashian uh, Queen Rania of Jordan I've dressed uh, <laughs> Jessica Alba I've dressed um, Paris Hilton Lindsay Lohan, I've dressed um, 
Oh, Kathy Griffin, she's a comedian. Oh yes, yeah. of course, of course. Wow. Uh, there's been yeah. I've been lucky. I've been very yeah. uh, fortunate. Those, those to are amazing such, names, uh, and, yeah. and you have a good rapport with these uh, yes. uh, figures, which I think is important because you're, you're you've got that personal touch always that goes with your designs. And usually, if a celebrity likes uh, your aesthetic, they usually you know normally they I, she might share my aesthetic, and basically they will keep an eye out and to see what's new and what's coming out. So there, it usually becomes an ongoing relationship. Every time we create something new, we will uh, send images to see if they would uh, be interested in wearing them. Wonderful. So Rami, I'm going to ask you about your present work, your present yes. collection. Whoa, whoa. Can you give us a sneak peek perhaps, or are you not allowed to say yet? No, no, not at all. I, I'm happy to, to share with you. Uh, currently, I'm uh, working, I'm actually going to uh, Ramallah because I'm doing a design project with uh, the Qatan Foundation. And w this specific project is to help the local designers, uh, give them an opportunity uh, to uh, um, uh, basically showcase their work. And it, it starts with, it's, it's basically a version of Project One Way. It's going to be, I think, 10 designers. It will end up being six designers. It will end up in, the, the finalists will actually partake in a fashion show. And that fashion show is going to uh, coincide with the opening of the new building, which is a beautiful building that's being designed in Ramallah, uh, a new Qatan Foundation. Mm -hmm. uh, the Qatan Foundation is uh, a foundation that basically, uh, specifically uh, focuses on uh, uh, students, artists, um, for uh, culture, arts, and education. So basically their idea is to also help local artists uh, to uh, grow and to uh, offer them uh, support, whether it's uh, uh, educational support, financial support, you name mm. it. So this is something new that they're doing and I'm going to basically be uh, a mentor as uh, we go along through the scanning process, through the uh, casting process and as and work with the designers while I'm there. So I'll be there throughout the entire month of October wow. working with the designers. In Ramallah. In Ramallah. And, and you were just there recently as I well. I was there yeah, last too. year in uh, July. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I go once How does it feel, Rami, when you see, you know, potential talent and budding talents in Ramallah? Does it remind you a little bit of you um, all those uh, years ago? I think it does, although my world was very different. I didn't grow up in a world of social media, so I feel like today's youth is, is much more connected globally than I ever was. Perhaps it's a blessing and a curse in some ways. It depends on how you look at it, I think. Uh, it's a blessing because I think that uh, it creates a platform where, some, where one's work can be viewed and seen, and if they are determined and if they are uh, dedicated to keep pushing ahead, I think it, they have a lot more opportunities today in order to kind of reach an outside audience. You know, they're not restricted within just local, uh, the local market. So I think that's wonderful. I, I feel sometimes it could be a curse because it could be a total distraction of just... Uh, um, it's you know it's 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 a it's a world that can somehow I think there's a lot of replications that are going on where I think originali originality tends to be lost a little bit, mm. especially on Instagram and things of that nature. Yes. But I think for for someone who really has a, a vision and a voice that needs to be heard, I think it's it's a great way to be able to to uh, voice out your your art and your dreams and, and, and your voice as an artist. Yeah. Is there going to be sort of an unveiling of a collection in New York in the near future or... I'm planning on that. Uh, right now, most of my work is based on evening wear and bridal wear that's custom. 
and uh, I'm also working with uh, with actually developing uh, a line with uh, embroidery in it. So that's not that it's not going to be all of my work, but that that might actually be something that I would uh, that I'm working on to actually bring into the wholesale market. Uh, but eventually, I'm also I'm going to be launching an evening wear collection as well. But right now, the nature of my work is custom based. It's uh, you know wedding gowns. I have brides that come up to me and it's basically a six-month process so it keeps me busy all year round. True. Um, I also work with different companies that uh, where it's private label as well like I worked with a company called it's a bridal company called Essence of Australia where basically uh, I uh, did certain projects with them where I designed bridal gowns for them so it, it's 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 kind of a multi-rounded um, uh, kind of uh, design world right now than, than before. Yeah, I don't know how you do it, Rami. You're you so doing much. all this stuff and you are connecting with people who need you. And I know it's not per perhaps your intention, but you're functioning as this much-needed role model for so many artists and designers in the Middle East and beyond. And for that, we wish to thank you right here on the Revolution Show, as well as seeing us here in your gorgeous uh, Brooklyn apartment with very little Notice, and I'll be, you are a, a real person who hasn't lost touch of his heart. It's an honor and a pleasure. Thank uh, you Habibi, so much. Habibi. I appreciate that. So um, I, I'm going to end by telling you that you are always welcome at Stanford University. If you're ever coming, we would love to host you. Thank you. And uh, have you introduce you to the community there, including our Arab American students, as well as our fashion students there at, at Stanford. I would love that. Uh, thank you so much for thank this amazing you. interview. And if anyone would like to follow up on my latest uh, yes, projects please, and please things to do, please uh, follow me on Instagram. It's Rami R-A-M-I-K-A-S-H-O-U and of course uh, Facebook, uh, Rami Kashu Official which is uh, a non-limited uh, uh, page that people can join or uh, just uh, Rami Kashu. Right, and, and you're on Twitter too? Or? I'm on Twitter but I'm not as you know, I need to flex no. that muscle a little bit more, I'm not uh, Habibi. I'm Habibi. not that, uh, you know, active Well, I thank you Rami Kashu, you're formidable Thank you Rami, thank you for this amazing interview. Shukran.